Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice, if you will, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and verse 19. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then in verse 19, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Based on that, I want to talk to you from the topic this morning, being made a fisher of men. Being made a fisher of men. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word this morning. Father, show us, can thank you for showing us and taking the time out to show us how to be fishers of men. And we continue to bind the enemy right now that would try to hinder, stop, or cause what we're, what we're about to receive, amen, to be lost. Father, we pray we receive it, we apply it in our everyday life. Thank you for these precious believers that are hungering and thirsty for you this morning. And we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. As a child being raised by a single mom, alone and living with our grandmother for many years, I had many memories and stories I can relate to. One memory I had with my grandma was my grandma. My grandma was, to me, an amazing woman. She was strong, hardworking, spent many years working long hours cooking and cleaning for others for little money. She would come home, make sure food was cooked, did chores around the house. She cooked. She cut grass. She painted the house. Yes, I did say she cut the grass. I did say she painted the whole house. She didn't ask nobody to come and do it. She did her own. And she would have fixed the plumbing, too, if she knew how. She did the flowers around the house. And just amazing. For years, for years, I was blessed to see my grandmother as long when my great grandmother, uh, they did things that simply amazed me around the house. And all the things that they did, I always remember, they always make sure I went to church. They didn't ask me that I want to go to church. They didn't say, you're going to church. Uh, one old, somebody, well, I don't feel like going today. That wasn't, that wasn't even no, that wasn't an option. That was just, you going to church. It's Sunday morning, you going to church. We were listening to Brother Edmund Patterson on 1330 AM every Sunday morning. Some of y'all know who that is. That's probably, that's old school for some of us. You know, they get where I age for some of us who listen to it. Brother Edmund Patterson, boy. Every Sunday, you can hear it. I don't care if you try to sleep because it was loud all through the house. And, uh, it was some good times. One of the things, uh, they, they did, uh, they make sure we had a place to stay, food to eat, transportation to take care of business, get to school and so forth. Cause they used to fall, they used to take me back and forth from playing ball. And, the main thing is she wanted better for us. God used them to help make me and mold me into the hardworking individual, uh, individuals who I am today. Uh, even though at the time I had no idea what she was doing. 
Can I be real with you? I thought she was mean. Making me, making me pull up weeds out of the grass, out the yard. Maybe cutting the grass. I don't want to cut no grass. How about him? Weather? Pull up, uh, I mean, I mean, not small patches of, uh, weeds. I'm talking about long patches of weeds, boy. Pick that grass out there. Oh, want to. Hand get dirty, messy, nasty. It doesn't matter. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Did stuff around the house. I thought she was mean. I really did, bro. Thought she was mean. Why you make me do all this? Listen, I can't wait till I get old enough to move out. There you go. <laughs> but I, I've gotten a little older, a little wiser now. I realized she, she didn't want no lazy man around her. I'm sorry. I, I ain't going to preach that. Let me get out of that because I know. I remember another fun childhood memory I had. Grandma was the first person I can remember that took me fishing. She took me into a lake near our house. It was called Aunt Marty's Lake. I don't know why I was called that. I know y'all go to Lake Buckhorn, Lake this and Lake that. But I was on Aunt Marty's Lake. It was close enough to the house that uh, I could walk to it. Grandma and great-grandma would normally drive to it because they had the fishing items in the car. I always kept my little pole. It was a cane pole. Cane pole is approximately six feet long. No, no spinning out rod and reel and all that kind of stuff. She would ask, what she taught me was, she said, listen, you, she had a string at the end of it, had a hook at the end, had a little sinker or bobber, what do you want to call it, and you would sit in the water with the bait at the end. And what you would do was, you would, and, uh, you would, if it would, uh, excuse me, when the bob went down, she would tell you, don't jerk it too hard, but just kind of ease it out the water, okay? Ease it out the water. She taught me how to do that. She would take me to her, what we call her favorite or her fishing spot. I always went to the same one. We always started at this same spot. It could be, uh, and the lake wasn't huge or nothing like that, but it was big enough. Always go to the same spot. We would start there, and if, sometimes they'd be biting, sometimes they wouldn't. And then we'd go to other spots. She, she would take me, show me how to put the worms on the hook so to make it appeal not too big, not too small. And I enjoyed those times. It, it, it was nice. It was nice. It's better, better than pulling weeds out the yard and stuff like that. One thing I learned was you can't be impatient when you're fishing. Can't scream at the fish and say, get in the boat, get in my line. Bite it. I don't know if they heard me or not. I don't know. In my opinion, fishing requires knowing how to lure the fish and have the expectation with patience until you get a catch. You gotta lure. You know, you gotta have something that attracts the fish. You gotta have something, you gotta expect to catch something. I, I, Sometimes you go fishing, you may catch a few fish, and sometimes you will catch, uh, sometimes you wouldn't catch nothing. I don't know if it's just the fact that we were together, 
or just the fact that I wasn't pulling up weeds out of the yard. Those were good times. One of my main lures that Grandma taught me how to use was worms. And as a beginning fisherman or fisher boy in my particular case, she showed me how to get worms out of a spot in the backyard. See, we didn't go to the store like y'all do and, and get worms uh, from the fishing bait store. She had a spot that she had already cultivated. She had put, I think, meal and other stuff out there, and, and she cultivated. What happens is worms would go, go in that spot, and she would, and then when we get ready to go fishing, she would go tell me to go dig the worms up. And I'll go dig the worms up, and that's how we got our fishing lure to take. We, you know, we didn't go to the store and get worms. You know, you know, we were who we were. <laughs> uh, Grandma would teach me a, a number of different things, and even as I was thinking about this message, I thought about it takes a certain amount of faith to go fishing. Because you got to think about, you got to have faith to believe that the spot you're going to got fish in it. I know they got them fancy doodads these days that tell you, depth founders that tell you whether or not fish are there. But we didn't have that. We had to have believe that when we went fishing, that there was actually, you're going to put a worm on a hook, and that fish is going to light that hook. A certain amount of faith you got to have for that to be. You got to believe that there, the spot you put it in, that fish are going to be in that spot. And then you got to have enough faith to believe if they're not there. You go to another spot, you go, well, I got faith to believe they're over there. So it was kind of interesting when I thought about it from that perspective. Now, the memory of my childhood is t- still teaching me and hopefully is helping us to see that in order to learn how to catch fish, someone had to train me and teach me how to fish. Somebody to train me. I didn't come out the womb knowing how to fish. I didn't know. I didn't know how to fish. And that's why I believe the Lord desires or he wants to make us fishers of men. Fishers of men. Now, in order to become a fisher of men, someone will have to train us and teach us how to catch. And I believe Jesus is our master teacher. Master teacher. Gathering souls into the kingdom of God is a place where individuals can come to be delivered, protected, as well as prosper. Now, because, you know, people are looking for hope, ways to cope with things in a, a place of safety, a refuge, if you will, that we learned this past Wednesday night. Some are just trying to find a safety place in the economy, their family, their friends, politics, news outlets, drinking, drugging, fast money, education, jobs, businesses, you name it. They're trying to find a place, but these places are limited. And they can bring a certain level of peace, if any, but they're not what the best that God has for a person. Salvation is the best and safest place to be in the midst of chaos, locally, nationally, and internationally. I'm telling you, you can, I can always tell the faith walkers because some, some people, when they heard about the gas prices, they operate in fear. 
when they heard about what's going on overseas, fear started to grip them. That's why you have to be faith walkers. Faith walkers. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the message that can bring peace in the middle of storms, news reports, uh, everything that's going on in the world because the gospel can cause mountains to move, open blinded eyes, and cause the mute to speak. God can do miracles in our lives. He can restore broken relationships. He can heal us mentally as well as physically. And you know God can prosper you in every area of your life. That's why John 14 and 6 reminds us. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice what he says. I am the way. I am the manner of your thinking, your feelings, and your decision making. I am the truth. Listen, what God said is true no matter the situation that arises. And he is the life. He's real and genuine and the blessed life. That's why it says no one comes to the Father except through me. And I love that about God. And you know one thing about God. God knows that he needs people like us in order to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Even when Jesus was on the earth, let's go to Luke 10 and 1. Let me show you this one real quickly. Luke 10 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Jesus appointed, notice this, the 70 others also and sent them two by two before cities that he would go. So notice Jesus knew that people needed him. But before he went into other cities to minister, he appointed, he proclaimed uh, and proclaimed to them and designated 70 others also, and he sent them. He ordered them to go to the appointed place two by two before the cities that he would go. Before Jesus went to a city, he had 70 people that he sent into that city to prepare the hearts of the minds of the people to receive Jesus. Even today at OCC, we encourage our ministers, deacons, members, and so forth to go two by two to the appointed places and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We learn when we go, the word of God will definitely train us. But the people we minister to would help train us too. It's nothing like talking to people and learning how much gospel you know or you don't know. I've been in that situation. You know, and some people like to bring your past up. Well, if he's so he's such a good God, then why ain't you this, that, and the other? No. If he's listen, he's a good God because the fact that he has changed my life. The fact that he has delivered me. And now I'm not saying I'm perfect, because you know if you turn me the wrong way, I might hit you upside your head. But he is still God. See, y'all missed that. If they try, don't let nobody put you on a stool that you can't stand on. Always keep Jesus on the throne. Always keep Jesus on the throne. And then if the people try to put you on the throne, say, oh no, Jesus is the one who died for you. Jesus is the one who paid the price for you. Jesus is the one who's going to keep you delivered, protected, and prosper. 
He's the one. Don't never let people put you on the throne. As soon as they do, get off of it and put Jesus back on there. The Holy Spirit is the master teacher. And he is ready when we are in order to help shape the lives of individuals. That's why he gives a scripture like John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He's going to guide you. He is going to teach you and give you instructions into what all truth, even how to fish for men. He's going to help you in that area. He's going to tell you how to do it. He's going to show you How to fish for men. We all need to be filled, refreshed, and guided by the Holy Spirit daily, hourly, minute by minute, and especially when it comes to winning souls to Christ. We have to be ready to hear and follow his instructions. For example, he says, call Sister A and encourage her. You call Sister A. If he tells you to text Brother B and let him know that Jesus loves him, And so do you. You have no idea what Brother B is going through. If he tells you to do it at this time here, do it at this time here. Don't be so busy doing your own thing. You can't obey God until you finish your agenda. Always put his agenda first and he'll take care of your business. You know Matthew. Matthew says this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Take care of God's business and he'll take care of yours. Sow a seed in the mother to show her some love. And look, did you know mother was praying for money to buy a few groceries? Never know. Pick up sister A or, or brother B. Pick up their children because you know that their children need to be in youth church and they need to be hearing the word of God. Take a a walk with a brother. Take them out to lunch. Take a walk with a sister. Take a sister out to dinner. They may need to hear or need to vent some stuff about what they're going through. And don't be talking about, I knew if you were saved, you wouldn't be going through stuff like that. Man, quit lying. Just because you ain't going through it don't mean somebody else ain't going through it. Always remember that you could be the person that need minister to someday. And God may be sending you up to say, hey, you need help in this situation or this circumstance. Could be, you know, a single brother or a single sister need help in this situation. Could be a married couple need help in this situation. How are the Holy Spirit leading you Never estimate what you see on the outside to influence you to what the Holy Spirit is showing you or telling you to do. Just because, in other words, just because people look like they're not going through anything, don't override the Holy Spirit based on outward appearance. Okay. Let's go a little further. Now, all of these are ways that God will use us to lure or lead people to him and his word. Remember we talked about earlier when we go fish, you got to have something that they, the fish like. Well, the word is going to be what the fish like. Not my opinion, not what you think, but the word. It's going to be, now if they don't want to bite the word, let me say, you have a hard time at keeping you whatever you give them. Because your stuff going to dissolve and go away. I don't care how good you cook, it's only going to be good for a little while. But God's word is going to be good forever. 
Forever. I'm talking about forever. No, taste and see that the Lord is good. You keep on tasting and tasting and tasting, and the Lord's word is going to be good. But our opinion can only last. Okay, y'all get, get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. So let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Now, we talked about the, the 70 elders who were sent two by two before his face. To, excuse me, before his ministry in every city where he himself would go, before Jesus went to the city, they would go before him, just like I told you earlier. And I want to read something to you that's going to bring us back into the message today. I want you to look at Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Now, I want you to think for a moment. We talked about this a little earlier, but I want to keep this in mind. We talk about Jesus making fishers of men. He needs for us to be fishers of men. But what a question come up, why does he want us to be fishers of men? Well, what Jesus knew when he got ready to start his ministry is that he knew he needed many people to help him share the gospel once he left the earth. In fact, he needed all of us to do it. He needs all of us. In fact, every last one of us. And so he, he gives us a peek into this in the Luke chapter 10, the verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great. Notice this, the harvest, the gathering of others into the kingdom of God is great. It's many, it's large, it's huge. See, Jesus makes it clear that the gathering of souls into the kingdom of God is great, it's large in number, and many people are ready. He's also letting us know that people are ready to come into the kingdom to repent of the sins, to experience deliverance, protection, and prosperity that comes with the gift of salvation. But there's a problem. The laborers are few. Now, if Jesus said this, what he said, you know it's going to be true. It's not like he, you're talking about labor shortage that y'all see here. Y'all ain't seen no labor shortage until you see this labor shortage right here. Jesus said a labor shortage is going to be for those who are sharing the gospel. And he said it many years before people complaining. I think I read a statistic the other day or saw something. I know I didn't read it. I saw it. They said there's 11 million jobs open in the United States of America. That's what I read. I mean, saw. But Jesus said we got a great, that problem's nothing compared to this problem right here. See, people, they, they'll miss out on money, but see, the, the thing they're missing out on is the soul not being with him forever. That, to me, is more, more of a problem than a person that doesn't have a natural job. They're missing out on the kingdom of God. He says this, but the laborers, the workmen, are few. They're small in number. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's his harvest. It's not Dobbs' harvest, not OCC harvest. It's his harvest. He said, I need laborers for my harvest. I need them. I need them. And I thank God that he chose us. 
He chose us. I'm talking about he chose. Oh, y'all looking this way. I want y'all to do me a favor. Look around this sanctuary. He chose all these people in him. He chose all of them. Well, Pastor, if you don't know their personality, God knew it. <laughs> Woo! Do you know right now, I, I, I know I shared this with you more than one time, but I'll probably keep sharing it with you. Paul and Peter probably would not have been chosen as the leaders like they were if they left up the man. Because they were rough around the edges. Peter's walking with Jesus for about three about three, over three, about three years or so. And he was still carrying the blade with him. I'm sorry, blade, knife, whatever y'all want to call it. He, and if you pull, if you take, if you touch him the wrong way, he will cut your ear off. He would also cut you out if you mess him in the wrong way, cause his patience was about this long. But he was chose to preach the first message on the day of Pentecost. Rough around the edges. So don't be talking about, well, you know, I need for them to be this right here in your mold or your image. You want them to be in God's image. And let them do, let God use them. Well, they're not, they're not an example of what a Christian should be. Peter wasn't either. Unless you you read something I didn't read. Yeah, I know Peter, Peter repented, and I, I, I get that. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Because there's some people in this sanctuary, you may be a little rough around the edge, but God can use you for the king. Because many times, God shapes you for the environment you're going to be dealing with. He's going to shape you for the people you're going to be ministering to. And the people you need to be ministered to, you need to be in a position where you might be a little rough, something will be a little soft. But God will put these soft folks in a rough environment. Look how y'all look. And that's why he'll put these rough folks in a soft environment. Because we'll be around everybody away. But you can't put them folks, you put the, you put the hard folks in the hard environment, and they're like, hey, they, they come in there, they'll come back at them. Paul was, I mean, Paul was amazing to me. But Paul was rough, though. But Paul went through a lot, though, y'all. Paul was put in prison for stuff he didn't do. I mean, Paul went through, they tried, people tried to kill Paul. And you read the book of Acts, there was a certain folk, group of people said, I'm not going to eat till Paul is dead. Whew. It was a star to death because Paul lived through all that. But, but they really, they would say, I'm going to die. Paul's put in that environment. Could you, could you survive? Could you, could you sleep at night knowing that people said, before I eat again, I'm going to kill you? Then knowing that in your head, could you sleep at night? Every time you hear a bump in the house, you be like, whoo! Because you know somebody after you. Now, see, the rough folks, they'll sleep this is good. Let them come if they want to. Because <laughs> that's who they are. I mean, you got to know these folks. But these folks that God uses for his kingdom. Because he says, I need laborers. He laborers. And you can't, you can't try to uh, uh, interview based on your screening process. 
You let the Lord do the screening process. And, well, thank you, Lord. Quick natural example. Many of you who work in places, who work with other people, you know that, that, that some people got by the interview process because they can interview well. Look how y'all looking at me now. They can interview well. Working a whole different ball game. And you, and I, you, you live long enough to say to your mind, how in the world they hire them? Well, God knows exactly who the laborers are. He knows exactly who they are. And he, they ain't going to try to get nothing on God. God knows exactly who they are. That's for their, because why? He's hiring them for his harvest. His harvest. Not mine, but his harvest. His harvest. His harvest. His harvest. That's why he said laborers are few. But he said pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus said, I need workers. I need lots of workers. My workforce is, my workforce is limited, so I need people to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. His harvest. Everybody say his harvest. harvest. See, Jesus makes it clear it's not our harvest, but the Lord's harvest. See, the Lord, the harvest is personal to God. Souls are personal to God in that he shed his blood, endured being crucified, and conquered death, hell, and the grave so that his harvest can have the right to eternal life. See, Jesus is all-knowing and all-present God. He knows that there are people of all races, socioeconomics, with different levels of education and skills that are seeking answers, safety, peace, and godly prosperity. People are seeking calmness in the midst of chaos, wars, rumors of wars, pandemics, economic collapse, inflation, loss of family structure as well as members, and the list goes on. But Jesus also, the kingdom work is strategic work. People get busy, distracted, and have good intentions, but may come up short when it comes to laboring with his harvest. Therefore, Jesus set up safety nets. And today... We're going to look at something that God is going, that he done. Remember now, he wants to harvest, excuse me, he wants laborers because he has a large harvest. Everybody see that, right? Matthew 14. Jesus just got started in ministry. Just got started real good. And all of a sudden, he's going, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. One brother named Simon, another brother named Andrew. They were doing what they do, casting that to the sea, for they were fishermen. I was a fisher boy when that story I gave you earlier. Fisher boy. I was, <laughs> my skill level probably is fisher boy level now, but, you know, I'm a man. Some of y'all are fishermen because y'all know how to fish. When y'all go fishing, coming back, there's some brothers in here I know for a fact are fishermen. You go fishing with them, they're going to come back with the biggest fish. I got pictures too, bro. They can prove that. No, nah, I ain't no fish. No, nah, I've got the picture to prove. But Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting or throwing 
or scatter a net, something used to impede or prevent motion to the sea. For they were fishermen, someone who catches fish for a living or a sport. Of course, I believe they were doing it for a living. Now, if we're walking along the sea, in my mind, I would expect to see boats, fishermen from all walks of life with various sizes of boats and equipment and such like. In my mind, there were more than, uh, there's more than probably Simon and Andrew, but he chose them to. A fisherman is a person who engages in fishing as occupation or for pleasure. Fishermen got to, must be able to analyze situation, have good listening skills, be observant, and have physical strength and stamina uh, when fishing. Because sometimes when you catch a lot of fish, you got to be able to pull them out the net, pull them out the water, I should say. Because if you catch a bunch of fish, you can't be weak pulling those fish. They didn't have automatic stuff like they do today. They had the automatic hand. Label, manual label. Pull it out. You get too many fish, you, that, that, that net was coming out the water. It'd be beautiful. Oh, got all these fish on here. Thousand fish. But can't even budge it out the water. That would be a problem. But these people, they were partners. They fished together. But he chose them to. And I believe he was intentional about choosing them to. Why? Because he had a plan for them. He had a plan for them. He had a plan for them. And the more we develop in our character for Jesus and allow our spirit to lead and guide us, we find ourselves becoming more intentional. Because why? God has a plan for us as well. He chose you for a purpose and for a reason. Each one of us here at OCC have different roles, responsibilities, and accountabilities in the kingdom of God. Some of us are called to be intercessors. We can tell who you are because you make sure you're at prayer every Sunday morning. Some of us are called to be supernatural givers. We can tell because you keep on giving and you watch the increase. You testify to it as the Lord blesses you. Some of us are called to helps. You see, there's some people around here, they love helping. Whether it's armor bears, pastor's aid, outreach ministry, maintenance, grounds, and such like, to provide support, aid, and assistance. There's some people in the sanctuary, you just love help. You're so happy when you help. I mean, you just love helping. I call you right now. Hey, can, I, can you meet me so-and-so? Oh, man, no problem. I'll meet you right there. Yeah, uh, oh, excuse me. Let, me, let me check. I'll be right back. I'll call you back in just a few minutes. Now, some people, when they don't want to help you, I call you back, never heard back from them again. The event I'm passed and everything. Oh, I forgot. Oh, okay. I ain't calling you next time. But that's just me. I'm sorry. Pray my strength in the Lord. I mean, you know, you just, just call. Just, some people, they just enjoy helping. I, I mean, they don't want to take nothing from me. I said, here, here's some money. Now, please, you insult me giving me money. That's how some people are. Because why? They, they realize it's a bigger seed for me to sow than this little money I may be giving them, something like that. You got to know who you are in Christ. Now, some people, they, hey, I take it, man, give them that. I need some gas money. You know what I'm saying? That's how they are. And I ain't got no problem either way, but you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. We've all, we've all been called to do different things, including praying, giving, witnessing, and encouraging others in the word. In the word. But it's up to us to allow his written and revealed word to develop us 
so we can be efficient and effective. Simon and Andrew played a significant role in the kingdom of God. We know Peter wrote, preached the first message on the day of Pentecost. Peter also wrote a book. He was very significant in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, historians also tell us that fishing was a very profitable business because most times you could fish year-round. And people love fish in that time, from what I understand. Uh, so fishing was very profitable. You, you didn't find many people who didn't like fish at that particular time, especially they're close to the sea. Now, these two brothers were in their element, making a living for them, whoever was dependent upon them. We can assume that, uh, that they were identified because they knew how to fish. But Jesus had a bigger and a better plan for them, just like he has a bigger and a better plan for us. He wanted them to use their skills, their craft, their personality, and their character traits because he wanted to teach them how to fish. How to fish more specifically for men. He saw something in them, what they were currently doing, that would help in that process. So you notice what he says, in my, he's, he just passed them by. Excuse me, he's passed, I say passed them by. I'm going to keep saying it in my mind. He, kept, he went to them, he saw what they were doing, and notice the words he uses here. Follow me. Follow me. Approach me, move closer to me. And I will make you fishers of men. What I thought was interesting about it, Simon and Andrew really had no idea what was going to be happening in their life. How could they have known? Jesus got on the earth. He just started his ministry. He knew in his mind, remember he's strategic, he needed laborers. And so he said, hey, Simon, Andrew, follow me. Follow me. Follow me means I'm going to obey your instructions. I'm going to start doing it your way, not my way. But this is a strange thing he says. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me. First thing he had to do was follow him, though. Because you can't learn how to be a fisher, a man, doing it your own way. No matter how well they knew how to fish, they still had to learn how to fish for men. Because you can go in there thinking you know better than God. But let's be real. You got to know how to deal with all types of people. All types of personality, all types of individuals with all types of problems, all types of issues, all types of things. And you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you right now, I've been guilty of this. I've said the wrong thing and messed up a good witness. I have did the wrong thing and messed up a good witness. Listen, I thought I was in the groove and messed around and said a little bit too much instead of keeping my mouth shut. And messed up a good witness. I messed up something good that God was doing through me. Because why? I had to, I'm still learning how to be a fisher of men. But notice what he says. I'm going to make you fisher of men. 
I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to produce in you. I'm going to construct. I'm going to form you so you can be a fisher of men. Because, yeah, I know you know how to fish for fish, but you don't know how to fish for men. You don't know how... (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't know how to fish for that sister right there. You don't know how to fish for that brother right there. You don't know how to fish fish for that single parent right there. You don't know how to fish for that that, that person that's a workaholic. You don't know how to fish for that person that's dealing with oppression or depression. You don't know how to fish for them, but I do. I do. I know how to fish for men. Men being mankind. As Minister said earlier, male and female. And even with the changing times that we in, we still have to learn how to be fishers of men. When individuals are don't even know their own identity, whether male or female. Whether they change it up from one uh, day to the next day. Today I'm male, today I'm female. Same person. Or vice versa. You still got to know how to fish for men. You got to know how to fish for men. And did God, no one God said, he don't make no excuses neither. He don't say, well, they're they going through this. I can't do it. No. We got to be fishers of men. Fishers of men. And we all have to embrace this particular process. We all got to embrace the process. Now, I want to give you three strategies. That they're not all the strategies, or not, not everything about fishing, because you know, with natural fishing, you go from bait to lures, you go from a cane pole to a rod and reel, to a rod and reel that you can go out deep sea fishing and so forth, set out traps and all that. So there's different aspects about natural fishing. But and when it comes to spiritual fishing or fishers of men, I want to give you three bases as the Holy Spirit kind of dealt with me about. Three bases that I truly believe that you can build from, grow from, learn from, and be effective with. All right? Now, the first one I want to give you is this. Follow close to Jesus and allow him to teach, to guide, and to instruct you when it comes to being fishers of men. John 16 and 13. However, he, the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will instruct you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit has to teach us and train us how to fish for men. Remember he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He's got to instruct you how to do it. Got to train you. 2022, to me, is much different than 2020. 1988, 1999, 2000, different. Can can, can, can people be one? Of course they can. Because remember, the harvest is still plentiful. It's still. And and it's not being plentiful. He just said labors. I got a labor shortage. Well, you know, God knows how to work his word on it. Got a labor shortage. I need people to help me with this process. So I went and found Simon and Andrew, but I also found Minister B. I also found Sister A. I also found Brother C. I also found Brother. 
Oh, you wonder who they are? Look around. Look, look, I know, look behind you. Look to the right. Look to your left. Maybe that, that glance over just a little, glance behind. Labors for his harvest. Not mine, but his harvest. His harvest. His harvest. His harvest. He's going to teach us how to do that. He's going to teach us how to do it in 2022. He said, Pastor Dollar, I'm shy. God can help you. He'll, he'll probably bring you around shy, shy people. And y'all have something in common. He probably will bring you around the loud folks because you be too shy to talk to them. He got somebody else for the loud folks. I, some of y'all look at it. I know who he got too. And some of y'all look. I know who he got too, though. He got somebody for them too. Give me a few minutes and we'll be done. Second thing is this. You got to allow love, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness to be our motivation to share Jesus with others. See, the Lord, Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So notice this loving kindness is goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and so forth. See, the mo- the only effective, life-changing, bird-removing, yoke-destroying bait we need is the Word of God. But it needs to be ministered in love. Because you can have the Word, but you, you, you may not minister it in love, though. That's why it says through loving kindness... I have drawn you. Love, but what you're going to give them? The word. But you're going to give it to them with love. Not with hate. Not with manipulation. But with love. And when you give it with love, hallelujah, it can change their life. It can change their life. We can learn from Jesus how to minister his word in love, whether it's through the eyes of grace, encouragement, or correction. And you will learn as you grow. <laughs> and sometimes, watch this, the messenger comes up short, but Jesus always knows. So important to be guided and trained by the Holy Spirit and to do it out of love. Love. God's love, not filial, but God's a topic, agape love. God's agape love. And the third one is this. Be willing to do our part and trust Jesus with the results, the growth as well as the increase. First Corinthians 3 and verse 6. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. I want you to notice something. Paul planted he placed something into the ground so they could grow. Apollos watered that. He furnished a drink. He saturated their mind, and I like to think it like this. He saturated with the word of God. But God gave the increase. And God can increase any times he wants to. We have to do our part, whether it's planting or water. You might be a good planter, but you can't water nothing. You might be good water, but you can't plant nothing. Whatever it is, you do your part and God will give the increase. And that's what we want. We want God to get the glory. When souls are saved, we want God to get the glory. Oh, it was because of my, 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 
skilled witnessing that they got saved. It it may work on one, but the next ten, it have no effect on. You have to learn, let the Holy Spirit guide and lead you. You got, I'm telling you, when you plan, you never know. And one thing I've learned, even a door slamming in your face is planning. Even having a person tell you that it's not going to work is God planning. Him watering is allowing God to do what he does best and show up in their life. Because they never, you never know. Because God can use the rejection of you down the road somewhere to help, help along with the process. You know God is a good God, ain't he? Does he not know how to work his system better than we do? He is a lot smarter than we are too as well. A lot smarter. So one, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Number two, we need to minister out of love. And three, do your part. Whether it's plant or it's water. But do your part. And then we let God do the increase. Let God do the increase. And you know what he's going to do through all this process? He's making us fishers of men. Isn't that wonderful? That God is making us fishers of men. And I say you will be perfect doing it. But I'm saying let God use you the way that he uses you. And you will be a fisher of men. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.